At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Uh. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt now. Uh. It's the Beating the Book yeah. podcast. Gil Alexander, hope you and your family are staying safe during the global pandemic. Yeah. Today on the podcast, Advantage Play. First, Michael Kaplan who is the author of several books and has written a myriad of gambling pieces for publications like the New York Times, New York Post, Cigar Aficionado, and Thrillist, among others, joins me and Bill Krakenberger to talk about some of the stories that he's covered, including his latest about the Hollywood poker game that Tobey Maguire was a part of. We'll get into that with Michael, followed by an interview I did a couple years ago that we touched upon with Michael, this time, Rose Eveleth joins me. Rose Eveleth was the producer of the 30 for 30 called A Queen of Sorts. has everything to do with Phil Ivey and his mysterious Asian counterpart who goes by the name of Kelly. Fascinating stories. A little different. Hope you enjoy it. Advantage Play on today's Beating the Book podcast. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. You are those idiots who believe in analytics? Yes, I am. It is Gil Alexander live from San Francisco. Good morning to you. Sirius XM Channel 204, vcin.com, the vcin app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus on down the line. Uh, a real treat. First of all, uh, this gentleman, uh, Bill Krakenberger, is always on the show on Thursdays. Uh, but has decided uh, to sort of hook us up once again uh, by my request with the gentleman who I really want to talk to. So, Billy, uh, first of all, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, the gentleman that we are referring to uh, is Michael Kaplan. He uh, has written four books, a um, couple of which are about gambling, ostensibly. Chances are Adventures in Probability, Aces and Kings, Inside Stories, and Million Dollar Strategies from Poker's Greatest Players. And perhaps more... Uh, prominently, I don't know, more, more uh, you know, where people recognize him for 
I think greatly so, perhaps more than the books themselves, are pieces that he's written about gambling and about Advantage Play specifically. Uh, in the New York Times, the New York Post, Thrillist, Cigar Aficionado, Wired, and Playboy among the publications. Uh, we bring him in now, courtesy of Bill Krakenberger. It is Michael Kaplan. Good morning to you, Michael, and thank you for making the time, sir. Hey, man. How are you? It's, it's great to be on. Doing very well. And I didn't realize you had a Twitter, at Kaplan Words. I searched for it desperately. So I'm glad you're on yes, Twitter. Kaplan, at, at Kaplan Words. That's me. I'm not, I'm not as active on it as I might be. I'm too busy writing stories, but you know, I, I, try, I try to post on it when I can. First, uh, before I get into some of the things I want to ask you about, because there is, honestly, I don't know that there's a writer who has, who has really had this great of a chance to talk to as many advantage players as you have over the course of your career. But how did you two meet, you, you and Bill, Michael? Well, we met, we met through a sports better we both know in New York. That's, that's my recollection. Yeah. Um, is Bill on? Right? Yeah, Bill's we, on. We met through... We, we we met through a sports better that we're both acquainted with. I think so. It's been so long. I remember long. having iced tea at an outdoor. I remember sitting in the being in the East Village with you and this other gentleman. We're having iced tea at a um, at, at a cafe in, in in the East Village in, in New York City. Wow. Yeah. I guess so. You know, we, we've we've been uh, we've been friends so long. I, I I actually forgot. But yeah, it was. The I mean, East his, his initials are JM. I don't know. I don't know how much he wants yeah. the name splattered yeah, that's around. That's, that's all. <laughs> Yeah, that's all you want to say. Um, yeah, I think I think that I think uh, I think that's exactly how we met. Uh, I know we we ate over in Carol Carol Gardens over in uh, in, in Brooklyn. Vinny, Vinny, yeah, the, Vinny. Um, the the the, yeah. the the Italian joint. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you remember good. But yeah, uh, I think that's how we met. And and I've been fascinated with Michael for years because there's not that many times you have an opportunity to be with a journalist that knows both sides of the counter. Not right. so much sports betting, but Michael has been around Advantage Gambling for a long time himself. Uh, I know we, we, we've been to a couple casinos ourselves, and uh, we, we've. Uh, my, I'll just say this without spoiling some things. Michael knows a lot of things. He's a sharp guy himself, so it's uh, fascinating that Thank you're, you're you. on. Thank you. Thanks for being on. Michael, Michael well, that, that's, a lot, that's a lot cut. That, that, that's Go a ahead. lot coming from Bill because I mean Bill is extremely sharp, so I appreciate that. Thank you, cool. Michael. I spent I spent the weekend reading just about as much as I could from you uh, over time. The MIT Blackjack team, um, James Grosjean, Phil Ivey, and Kelly, uh, the mysterious uh, Asian uh, counterpart. She really she was the uh, the head of the uh, Baccarat uh, Global. Uh, attack on casinos. Uh, I've actually had Rose Eveleth on the show before. She produced the uh, ESPN 30 for 30 doc about it. Um, you've written about characters like Miss Brown, Edward Tiger, Mike Davis, Don Johnson. Uh, I guess the question that that is begged here is, of all of the characters that you've run into all the years and written about, and maybe this is an impossible question to answer, so maybe I should apologize in advance, but of all of them, what's the m single most incredible when you think about all of them? Um, hmm, good question. I mean, Tiger Mike was incredibly interesting, but I mean, I will tell you like probably the most, and these guys are advantage players, but not in casinos. I did a story years ago for Wired about these two Arab brothers. They live in this um, place called Far Qasim. It's sort of like 
and you know a sort of Arab enclave, um, not that far from Tel Aviv. And these guys basically ran circles around the um, Israeli telephone company. They were phone hackers. And they were blind, and um, these guys were insane advantage players at at phone hacking, which was incredibly interesting to me. Um, another one that that I was really into, which is more gambling related, I did a story about these computer teams that made um, apparently, I mean, you know, they, they made over a billion dollars, you know, beating horse racing in Hong Kong. They came up with a computer system to model racing, and it turned out that Hong Kong was the ideal place to do that in because it's a small pool of horses, a small pool of jockeys, and they don't, it's not like, you know, all of a sudden some new horse and and rider are going to come in from out of nowhere. And I mean, these guys made an awful lot of money and it was really fascinating spending some time with them. So, I mean, those are two that I found really, really interesting. Is there a common thread, I mean, among all of these folks, or, or are they all unique in their own way? Or, or is there something, is there a brush where, where you can paint a broad stroke over all of them? I think there are people who kind of are pretty obsessed with figuring out how to beat something. But like, you know, obsessed in a way that, you know, normal people would not be. I mean, you know, a guy like James Grosjean, I mean, that guy, if he wants to figure out a game, I mean, he'll be up night and day running computer simulations and figuring out how to, he'll know the game better than the person who created the game. And I mean, you know, that, like that, like, and I think that is a common thread. I think there's a sort of obsession that certain people develop with, you know, beating these games. I mean, obviously it's, you know, financially rewarding, but it also is a lot of work. Like, I mean, you know, there's that saying, you know, it's an easy, you know, you know, it's a hard way to make an easy living. And I mean, that's definitely, um, I think applies to the most successful of, of these APs is that they work so hard at it and they just don't give up. And it's like, you know, it becomes, you know, kind of their life. And it's, it's interesting. I mean, they have an amazing work ethics. They're incredibly bright. And they can kind of think in ways that other people aren't thinking, you know. And yeah. it's um, it's yeah, it's it's, re- it's a really interesting world. I mean, I feel privileged that I've you know been privy to it. And I mean, and I, I played on a pretty big card counting team for a while, and I've AP, I've I've BP'd for a pretty big casino play that kind of dropped into my lap. So I've been around it like as a reporter, and you know, to some degree as a practitioner, and it's it's really interesting. Do you still have an itch to be a practitioner or are you or, or are those days behind you? Well, if the right opportunity presented itself, let's put it that way. If the right opportunity presented itself, I would do it. I mean, it's one of these things where like, you know, card counting is something that people think, oh, yeah, it's like a license to print money. And I will tell you, it definitely is not. I mean, it's extremely volatile. And yeah, 100 percent, you can make money doing it. But a, it's a lot of work. It's very volatile. You need to put in enough hours to iron out the variance. Um, if somebody like James Grossman called me and said he needs somebody to BP, I would say, okay, where do I meet you? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if the right opportunity came, came about, I would, I would definitely do it. Well, James Grossman, who you wrote, uh, I'm sure more than once about, but, but extensively the article that I, that I focused in on was the one in Oklahoma. Whereas again, you mentioned he, yeah. he sleeps maybe two, three hours a night. So he's out working everybody to try to figure out how to beat a game, but just a fascinating story. And I think if Grossman calls, uh, any of us, we probably pick up the phone and uh, be part of the advantage play. 
uh, we're talking to Michael Kaplan, uh, who has written so many pieces uh, about advantage players. That, by the way, when he says APs, that's what he's referring to. Um, at Kaplan Words on Twitter, Bill, uh, you were—I hope I'm not speaking out of uh, school here. You were uh, instrumental in one of uh, at least one of Michael's articles in terms of just sort of hooking him up with folks. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Michael will call me from time to time and ask me some questions or. Um, I actually hooked them up with uh, Eddie Teams, right, Michael? Is that right? That is true. That is true. And, uh, well, we met. Um, you know, I mean, the funny thing is, you and I played in a um, in a blackjack tournament. I don't know if you remember this or not. We played in a blackjack tournament at um, at Treasure Island. Um, what is it? At Treasure Island. And yep. between and between between hand, you know, between you know rounds, we went in, we went to have some eggs or something, you know, in the in the cafe there and. Um, and Eddie was in there, and you know, <laughs> to use your to use your lingo, I mean, I had no idea who the guy was. You go, this guy is the sharpest of the sharp. That was what you said to me. And you know, he was sitting there with Stanford Wong's book. You know, st- everybody else is just you know kind of relaxing, having breakfast, just you know, like I'm not saying whatever happens happens, but you know, like we we're there to play, and that was it. This guy was like brushing up on stuff, and you know, every other page had you know a pa- a post-it note with notes in it. I mean. Like, listen, and that's that's what I'm talking about when I say about guys who are who are APs and like taken very very seriously. I mean, you know, this guy was there to win money. I mean, we all were, but you know, not to the degree that he was. And it's um, it's 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 interesting. Yeah, no, Eddie, the, go ahead. He's one of the sharps. Um, sorry, Gil. He is one of the oh. sharpest of the sharps, and and I was actually shocked that he was. Uh, that, that he actually would, would go on and want to talk about something. But uh, I, I asked him, and, uh, you know, a lot of these guys you have to understand, they've been so super genius, so super boxed up. They're the guys that were made fun of their whole lives while they were younger. They were the smarter people in school. They were the ones that would do the extra credit. They would do the, you know, maybe even the subbing and teaching the students. So, these kind of guys have been kind of shut-ins um, and, and their their whole life. And now that advantage gambling is talked about a little bit, well, it's now maybe almost like it's almost like you're coming out of the closet for you could talk to people about being an advantage gambler now. Uh, just like Michael was so uh, quick to do there, which I'm shocked, but I'm glad he did it, about being a card counter in blackjack. That's absolutely how I know Michael, but... Uh, one of the reasons I think I know about Michael, but so these type of guys, as we notice with even our even the Devisa network, um, they'll pop out once in a while. They're looking for a little notoriety now because hey, their whole lives they were kind of the ones that really uh, their their brain was hurting. It was so painful because they couldn't really tell anyone, they couldn't really express their feelings to people because no one really understood or even wanted to understand. However. With a network like Vison or just uh, any kind of social media, these people now have a have a voice. They have somewhere they can talk. So introducing them to Michael, Michael wrote the greatest piece in Cigar Aficionado on Eddie. And um, whatever Eddie's doing, if you see him in the casino doing something, you can guarantee there's an advantage to it. So great story. It's available on the Internet. And um, OK, go back to you. No, no, no. But, you know, Eddie's one of these guys and we'll sort of get background on some of these stories. But Eddie was one of these guys who did lots of things. But but along the lines of what you were saying, Bill, uh, Michael, it's 
it, it, it's an interesting point that Bill makes that this is advantage play. And so by nature of advantage play, you know, it kind of behooves those APs to sort of keep their mouths shut. But there is this sort of human conflict, uh, and Bill called it notoriety that, that's being sought. And you've written about at least one or two of these guys who, in the end, when they say, would you have done anything differently? They're like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have talked as much. Yeah, <laughs> there probably is an element to that. I mean, it's interesting, too. I mean, like, you know, doing this sort of thing, it's one of the few things that, you know, you get. That it's not, you know, it's one of the few things you can do that's legal. You get very, very good at it, and it's your, it's in your interest that that when you're in the place where you do this thing, that nobody knows what you're actually doing, even though it's completely, it's you know, obviously it's completely legal. I mean, it's, um, it's just, it's a pretty, it's a pretty interesting um, dichotomy. It's like an interesting sort of shadow world that these guys. Um, tend to operate in. And, um, you know, I mean, I was at an event, there's an event that takes place, um, each year called the blackjack ball. And it's a, um, it's a, you know, it's a gathering of people who, you know, beat casino games. It's a sort of secret gathering. I mean, I've written about it because I'm not like speaking out of school about it, but it definitely is one of these things where like, you will not see photos from there. I was at a dinner the night before and there were a bunch of people and um, somebody said, oh, yeah, let's get a photo. And, you know, one of these, you know, kind of really high-end practitioners goes, no. And, you know, this person could just duck away and there was no way in hell they were going to be um, they were going to be photographed, even though it was just, you know, for some the person wasn't going to post it online or something. But people are very, very careful. It, it's fascinating, all of these pieces, because they really – you know, when when folks outside of, of betting ask me about betters, there, there's a whole section of society that that immediately is sort of dismissive. And I always say, I was like, yeah, but you know what? The top two percent of these guys, I'd put them in any profession and up up go up against any profession's top two percent. Uh, it really is just an amazing swath of uh, of human beings. Michael, when we come back, if you're kind enough to stay with us, I want to ask you about first of all what you might be working on currently, or what you have your eyes on uh, these days. Where does the Phil Ivey Kelly case uh, stand right now in terms of its adjudication uh, globally? Want to get into that a little bit? And then uh, on our air this past Friday, uh, we had Houston Curtis on on uh, Follow the Money. Uh, I want to play a clip from that and get your gauge on just what Houston Curtis was up to AP or more exploitation than anything. We'll get into that coming up with Michael Kaplan. Uh, and Bill Krakenberger, of course, who did it all for us right here on A Numbers Game at Vison, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Manscapes.com has the tools for your family jewels. You can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code VSIN at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off at Manscaped.com with promo code VSIN. It's Gil Alexander, Bill Krakenberger, and Michael Kaplan, kind enough to join us. Uh, for most of this hour, he's written uh, pieces about advantage play in the New York Times, New York Post, Thrillist, Cigar Aficionado, Wired, Playboy, uh, author of four books, um, has written stuff about advantage play, even when it comes to a stripper who made $300,000 a year in Las Vegas. Have you ever followed up with her at all, Michael? <laughs> I actually did call her about something else I was writing on, and she just goes, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, um, she was, yeah, she was, she was amazing. I mean, like, you know, I, but listen, that's like another example of somebody who's an AP who like, you know, most strippers, they show up, they do their work. She cared about it so much. Like she, she didn't drink, didn't do drugs. 
drove, you know, her old Volkswagen Jetta while all these other strippers are buying BMWs. You know, she exercised before she went there. She meditated. She got her nails done. I mean, she went in there just like an AP walks into a casino. It was like no different, which was which was amazing. You know, you've got all these women that, you know, they're making good money or whatever, but they're not in there to crush it like she was. It was, it was just in its own way fascinating. Billy, I did a whole deep dive on Michael this week. And believe me, I read every, I read everything that I possibly oh, could get my I'm hands flattered. Up. No, uh, please. It was, it was. It, I'll put it this way, and Bill, you can appreciate this too. I'm, I'm a sports better. I, I don't, I don't play cards. I don't usually play casino games of any kind. But reading your, reading your stuff, and I know Bill does dabble more than dabble. Reading your stuff. It almost made me want to just like, well, I've been doing this wrong all these years. My God, why have I been, you know, like it, it got that far into my head. I was like, this is just phenomenal stuff. You must, I mean, really, you, you say you're a practitioner, but, but wouldn't you say, cause Billy and I were talking about this this weekend, Bill, you'll, you'll uh, articulate maybe better for me. It's our little corner of the world, whether it's sports betting or whether it's advantage play in other casino games or, or otherwise, as we just talked about it really is a phenomenal cross section of humanity. Like it's just never ending in its fascinating characters. Very good. Oh, yeah. you know, I, this is, I'm jumping in here for one second. You know, uh, I, I love when someone, I love when someone challenges me or something about, and, and Michael knows what I'm talking about here. I can walk into almost any casino in Las Vegas, especially the East coast, Atlantic city. And I'd love to bet anyone that wants to bet me if I can make money in that casino by the time I walk out. I'll bet any amount of money on to anybody that I can walk into a casino and I can make money on the way out. I'll have more money than I went in with because there's so many advantages in casinos. Now, granted, it's a grind. The ROI that I would have compared to sports betting and doing other things I do is not as much. So I stick to sports betting. However, there are certain bonus machines and bankable machines. Every casino has them. You put your time in. It's tedious work. But I know one thing. Without a doubt, if I didn't have sports betting, I'd be walking through casino to casino, each casino making a little bit of money, 30 bucks, 50 bucks, 80 bucks. I guarantee you every day I would have a profit because these casinos all have these type of machines. And I'm sure Michael knows what I'm talking about. Um, and, and, and there's some other people with that on the network that uh, knows what I'm talking about because then they know about these bankable machines. So anyway, go ahead, guys. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. That, that I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, like that's always like the funny thing, you know. People who like I, I've talked to people who love gambling, so I, and I could tell you how to beat this game or that. And but like they go, yeah, that sounds too much like a job. I think most people don't mind losing the money, and they're there for recreation, and it's. You know that's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it, it I, in some ways, I've buried the headline, and I want to get back to uh, to it uh, momentarily because uh, Michael, you've had something. Actually, I'll, we'll get it here because we have 60 seconds. But you had something optioned here that you that you uh, I wasn't aware of. Oh yeah, the, this the story that I did on Kelly got um, optioned for a movie, so it's in the process of being written. So it'll be about the Kelly son, Phil Ivy, um, great Baccarat caper. Have you ever had anything optioned before? Uh, first one. I've come, I've come close a couple times, but this is, um, this is the first one. Yes, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. 
Oh man, so this is yeah, that's huge for for you. I would imagine that's great. You, can, yeah. I hope that yeah. I hope that they yeah. allow you to be part of the process. That's always a, a question mark, isn't it? That that is a question mark. I'll let you know what happens. <laughs> yeah, I would lo- I would love right. it. We'll, we'll follow um, along. Yeah, we'll come back uh, because I do want to ask you about uh, uh, this latest piece that you wrote in the New York Post about Houston Curtis and his account of uh, what really went on in that Hollywood poker game with Toby Maguire. We're coming back. Michael Kaplan, Bill Krakenberg, cool. a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. It is a numbers game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Sirius XM 204. Gil Alexander, Bill Krakenberger, my buddy with us, uh, and Michael Kaplan, at Kaplan Words on Twitter. Uh, there is, and honestly, as we're doing this, there's no real justice we can do to the volume and the detail of work that Michael has done with all these pieces. But I would just send people to, to everybody out there, if you're if you're interested in some of these characters and all of Michael's pieces, just Google them. Um, again, from just I mean, the most amazing characters in the world, Edward Tiger, Mike Davis, I mean, names I'd never heard of before. Don Johnson uh, might be familiar to some, but uh, yeah, uh, James Grosjean, who is uh, known to all sort of advantage players, just great pieces on all of these guys. Michael, I I couldn't have been more entertained and more fascinated. Uh, We have a show on uh, the network Monday through Friday. It's called Follow the Money. It precedes this show, hosted by Mitch and Pauly, and they had uh, Houston Curtis on air with them on Friday. Your latest piece in the New York Post... Uh, had to do with Houston Curtis's new book. Uh, that new book is called The Billion Dollar Hollywood Heist. It's all about his version of events. Uh, it was really a reaction to the to the motion picture Molly's Game, which had a lot of acclaim. Uh, Molly Bloom's account of what went on in a famous Hollywood poker game that involved Tobey Maguire and others. Uh, but here's what Houston Curtis had to say on Follow the Money, and I'm curious to get your reaction afterwards. I told him about this game, and then that next week, Toby showed up at the game. And, uh, and then he invited me to his house the next night. And that's when we really just connected. And we started realizing that these guys, uh, there's so many guys in town who just learned how to play poker. Like they didn't even, they didn't even know how to shuffle a deck of cards. Most of the guys who were playing this game. Uh, but for Texas Hold'em, you just got to learn how to hold two cards and know what the hands are, right? And oh, if I I can sit and play with all these big celebrities, so we identified that. Uh, in your opinion, your educated opinion, Michael. I mean, Houston Curtis, Toby Maguire, advantage players uh, mainly, or or exploitive, just as much. Well, I mean, they they were advantage players. I mean, they definitely put together, you know, a game. And like, you know, everybody knew. Listen, you know, the interesting thing about poker is you know who the good players of the game are because they're the guys that win all the time. And I mean, you know, Houston won all the time until he lost a million dollars one night, which, you know, was not a great ending for him. But, um, you know, the exploit at poker, it's kind of interesting. You almost, I think people at poker kind of exploit themselves a little bit because you're sitting there and you see week in and week out, you know, Houston and, and Toby were, were the, were the, you know, consistently the big winners. So, I mean, you know, you could always not play in the game. You could always find a softer game to play in or a game where you're not going to be, you know what I mean? One of the, one of the, um, you know, the producers as they call them, you know, in the game. What was your impression? I mean, like, I think, 
No, go ahead, Michael. I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, you know, like, I, I guess, like, I think with poker, you know, it, it's like, it's, it's weird in a way because everybody knows how everybody else did. So if you're losing week in and week out, listen, it might be entertaining for you. I mean, like, you know, they certainly set it up so that, you know, they had Leo DiCaprio there and, you know, to get to play in a game with Leo and Toby, that sounds like, you know, it's going to cost you some money, but you're rich and you might win once in a while. It's maybe not that bad of a deal. Bill? Oh, hey, yeah. Uh, well, listen, how many guys used to fly into Vegas to play with Phil Ivey or Daniel Negrano and, and you know, drop fifty dollars or $100,000? You could um, go on and on. Let, let's use the banker, the big guy in Texas, Andy. I think his name is Andy Beal. Came in and lost, you know, millions of dollars. Uh, you know, in in the end, the, the, this this uh, this team of players beat him up because you know he had the kind of money. He's a banker. He's a billionaire. Uh, this this happens. So uh, of course, these Hollywood types, same thing. They all want to get together. Um, I, I, you know, and, and they want to be with uh, the likes of these players. Uh, you know, my my own opinion is that I'm a little more I'm a little more tough. You know, I watch. I'm a street guy. I'm a knock around guy. I can see tells. Sometimes with people talking, I watched the interview with Mitch and Pauly, you know, um, the guy has his side. I'm not saying it's the right side. You know, he's a little bit of a huckster himself. You remember now, this guy is a card mechanic. So what that means is he's, he, he's cheating people, not saying he was cheating in that game because Michael and I talked about this. Supposedly he wasn't, but he's never going to tell Michael. He's never going to tell anyone when he's writing a book that he's cheating out, cheating these Hollywood guys either. So I, I, I don't, I'm a little more cynical. I, I think maybe, uh, you know, you don't, you can't lose that. If you're a cheater and you lose a couple pots legitimately, you get mad, you, you're, you're going to start dealing off the bottom again. You're going to start dealing seconds from the deck. These are terms that mechanics use. So, um, you know, listen, you're talking about Toby Maguire. I played with him twice at the Bellagio. I played with him at uh, Max Factor's son studio, Dean Factor, in L.A. I played a private game with him. I was in a tournament with him. Not my favorite guy. I'll be happy to tell you that. I'll be happy to tell that to him to his face. So not my favorite type of guy. He's not friendly to people. Um, I seen him turn down a little kid's autograph at, at the game there. Someone brought his son um, during a break. Uh, you know, listen, I, I, I've watched him uh, tip or not tip waitresses. So, um, you know, you know kind of like Tiger Woods. I, you know, I rate people by tipping sometimes. So I'm sorry to do that. But um, anyway. That's my take on it. Uh, the guys like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, I've been with them. Fantastic. Triple George, taking care of everybody. Let's just show you the difference. Michael, uh, we one only have a thing 90 that one thing, Go ahead. Go ahead. One, one thing that I'll say about Houston, though, is, you know, there was a dealer. He So he couldn't, he didn't deal in the game at all, for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Yeah. For whatever. No, that's true. That needs to be pointed okay. out. That's um, good. Michael, we only have 60 seconds here left, so I just wanted to ask you, uh, beyond the optioning of your story on Phil Ivey and Kelly, uh, that's what she's known as, by the way, not her real name, um, what, do you, what, what is in your uh, crosshairs right now? What are you thinking about writing about? I'm actually working on a book right now. It's going to be a collection of my stories about APs in and out of the gambling world. It's being done for Huntington Press. Okay, I mean, that's owned by Anthony Curtis, who was a serious AP in his own right before he got into the publishing business. And um, I'm working on putting that together now. So I'm excited about having this collection come out. It's going to be really cool. Uh, Michael, it's been a pleasure. I, I really appreciate the time. Uh, your work oh, is I've really enjoyed second this. to none. Yeah, thank oh, you so thank much you. for that's doing really it. really kind.
and, I and Bill, being thank here. you for thank you it very up. much. Thanks so much. Again, uh, the books, uh, some of the books are a couple of books, Aces and Kings, Inside Stories and Million Dollar Strategies from Poker's Greatest Players, if that interests you, as well as chances are uh, adventures and probability. But the New York Times, New York Post, Thrillist, Cigar Aficionado, Wired, and Playboy. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate you both. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Michael Kaplan, the great Michael Kaplan, uh, right here on the numbers game here at VEASAN. Would love to have him back time and time again. Numbers game live from Las Vegas, Nevada, only on the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Now, live from the VSIN studios, it's your host, Gil Alexander. Gil Alexander on a numbers game here at VSIN, Sirius XM Channel 204. Check us out online at vsin.com. So a couple nights ago, Tuesday night, uh, I'm ready to go to bed. I'm like, oh, great, I'm going to get a full night's sleep. And I just decide for five seconds, I'm going to just mess around with my computer. And for whatever reason, up pops on my screen the latest 30 for 30 podcast uh, entitled A Queen of Sorts. And I go ahead and press play. And let's just say my the prospects of a full night of sleep were done right there. <laughs> and what I listened to, and I've produced 500 podcast episodes or so myself. This is the greatest podcast episode of any format I've ever listened to. It, it is about Phil Ivey, 10-time World Series poker bracelet winner tied for second most of all time certain bet to be in the world uh or i should say in the poker hall of fame on the first ballot when the class of 2017 is announced later this month and his partnership with a high stakes advantage player a mysterious young lady by the name of chung yin sun who is known as kelly and we will refer to her as kelly on this and them taking two different casinos one in england one in new jersey for 20.6 million dollars and the ensuing fight to collect that money and to adjudicate their method of getting that money. Queen of Sorts is what it's called, and with us on the phone, kind enough to join us, the producer and narrator of A Queen of Sorts, and A Queen of Sorts herself, Rose Eveleth. Hello, Rose. Hi, that was very high praise. <laughs> <laughs> this was, Rose, I, I am, let me tell you something. I am not blowing smoke. This was so good. You can blow smoke, that's fine. Okay, I'll blow some more then. Uh, <laughs> it's such a complicated subject as a storytelling vehicle. There's so much happening here. Uh, I was mentioning earlier, there is revenge. Uh, there are geniuses. There are millions of dollars. Uh, prison, racism, sexism. I said earlier, if it's as if the serial podcast that um, was done so well by NPR and Ocean's Eleven had a baby. This is your podcast. <laughs> Congratulations. I did on read. The... Oh, what's that? I'm Thank sorry. Thank you. I did read the Ocean's Eleven script to like prep for writing the script for this one. So I'm glad that that came through. <laughs> well, let's let's start here. Uh, that's awesome that you read that because it, it shines through. Why don't you lay this out for us just in general? And then I, I have tons of questions to throw at you. So if you could just give us the general story that we're referring to here. Yeah. So um, 2012, Phil Ivey gets accused of cheating. Um, and it comes out that he has sort of executed this elaborate Baccarat play. And the play involves asking casinos to do a whole bunch of things, play a certain kind of game, play certain cards, use a shuffle machine, and then most importantly, turn the cards for him. Um, and there are these cases, you know, he sues in London, New Jersey, because, you know, there sues him. It goes back and forth. And um, 
the story that doesn't really get told, the story that I tried to tell in the piece, is sort of about this mysterious mastermind who actually came up with this whole play and kind of helped Phil win all this money named Kelly. So the episode kind of goes from, it sort of revolves around their one play at Crockford to kind of explain how it works, but it also tells the backstory of Kelly, where she comes from, how she wound up coming up with this play. You know, at one point she was thrown in jail for debts to MGM. She was a degenerate gambler. She learns advantage play. She figures out this play. She hooks up with Phil Ivey, and they just sort of go on a spree and take down all these casinos. And then, as you said, there's a big question, do they have to pay them? Is this cheating? You know, who's in the wrong, who's in the right? You know, they don't ever touch the cards. You know, they don't mark the cards. They just kind of convince casinos to do things for them. And there's this big question that's sort of still open and that's still sort of happening now about whether or not they should get their money and whether or not what they did was cheating. So let's start at the beginning because you touched on it there. Kelly, uh, a degenerate gambler, as you document in the podcast. And really, as soon as I as soon as I listened to it, uh, it rose the next morning. The first person I texted was Chad Millman. And I said, Chad, (laughs) you got to come on this podcast. And he goes, I've got somebody better for you. The actual producer, Rose, (laughs) you do a great job. Kelly's motivation, she's a degenerate gambler. She loses all kinds of money in casinos. Her father, who I don't know that we delve in on the podcast to his background, but he is an endless source of income for her, and she loses all this money. What motivates her to just change her life around and go after casinos? Yeah. So, you know, her father owned a huge banking chain in China and then um, eventually wound up shifting to timber. But yes, he's sort of endlessly wealthy um, and was happy to kind of fund her gambling habit. So she goes and she gambles and, you know, she starts Macau and then she comes over to Vegas. um, And she sort of isn't fully familiar with the system in Vegas, um, including markers. And uh, she basically, you know, she says she loaned the marker to someone and they didn't pay it back. You know, who knows what really happened? Maybe she didn't pay it back, but someone didn't pay back one of her markers and for about $100,000. And MGM obviously would like their money back. And in Vegas, you know, not paying it passing a bad check, it lands you in jail. So she's landed, she lands in jail for this debt. And to her, this is, you know, ridiculous. She has lost, you know, literally six figures at these casinos. And she's kind of like, you're going to put me in jail for $100,000? Like, this is chump change. And and she's like, let me just call my dad. We can whatever. We'll pay, we'll pay back. Um, and the casino obviously doesn't do that because that's not really how things work. And so she was, she felt very uh, wronged by this. She thought, you know, I've lost so much money to you guys and you're going to really put me in jail for sort of small amount. And so she vowed when she was in jail that she was going to get her revenge on MGM. Uh, and, you know, she does. <laughs> um, she actually winds up being one of the very few people who goes from being a truly degenerate gambler, losing six figures at casinos to an advantage player and sort of coming up with these ingenious schemes. That is really, by the way, you know, not a point to be glossed over. We think of degenerate gamblers as lifelong degenerate. And by degenerate, there's sort of a connotation that that means they lose forever. Uh, She might be both, right? She might both be a degenerate gambler, but certainly the exception who turns around and does exact revenge in the most amazing way. And explain to us what it is that she seizes on to do that. 
Yeah, so the key thing is she figures out how to edge sort. Now, edge sorting is not new. It's been used all over. But basically, the premise of edge sorting is that cards that have patterns that go all the way to the edges aren't always cut exactly evenly. So um, if you're looking at a card and it's a diamond pattern, you know, the diamond on one side of the card might be a full diamond and the diamond on the other side might be a half diamond because the, the machine doesn't quite cut that big sheet of cards exactly down the middle. Um, and if you can see this, you know, I can't, I have terrible eyesight, but she has amazing eyesight and she can actually see these tiny, tiny differences. And once you can see them, you can do all kinds of things. People have edge sorted all kinds of games where you've turned the card so that, you know, the valuable ones, the ones that you want have their sort of edge asymmetry facing one way and the unvaluable cards are turned the other way. Um, you can do all kinds of things with this. This is sort of the classic card trick where, you know, a magician plays out his deck for you. You pick a card, you look at it, and then you put it back in the deck and then he somehow knows where your card is. Um, that works by the, this trick that if you, while you're looking at your card, the magician is going to rotate their deck, and he's already lined up all the cards in one way. So when you put your card back in, he's rotated his 180 degrees, and yours is the only one that's facing the opposite direction. Um, that's how. Sorry, I'm going to ruin magic tricks for listeners, but <laughs> that's, that's right. how that works. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, right. sorry. Um, but that's that's what this is. So she figured out edge sorting. Now, the, the truly genius thing that she did isn't just the edge sorting. Edge sorting is something that, you know, it's hard to do, but people do it. People can do it. What she figured out was actually how to execute an edge sorting play without ever touching the cards. She actually convinced the dealers to turn the cards for her, which is really, I think, the true insane thing about this. This is that is really then we're going to get to this momentarily because it is one thing to have the skill. It is another thing uh, entirely that casinos and big time casinos let this happen in the way they did. Before we get to that, uh, how so she's winning money now. So she's exacting her revenge. She's out of jail. By the way, how long did she stay in jail, Rose? About three weeks. About three weeks. Okay, that's that's three weeks too many, as she saw. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. she go, she exacts her revenge. She studies. She uses a magnifying glass. She's going after this stuff, uh, and she starts winning money from all these casinos. How is it that she hooks up with Phil Hot with Phil Ivy, and why is it that she hooks up with Phil Ivy? Yeah, so um, she goes and she plays, you know, for us probably, I don't know how what your bankroll is like, but for me, she's winning a lot of money, you know, 500000 800000 a million and a half at these various <laughs> casinos in, yeah. in Las Vegas. Um, and, you know, casino surveillance guys start to notice, right? They start to say, hey, wait a minute, what's going on? Now, they don't know it's her yet. She's playing with other whales. She's playing with mostly um, whales from Asia, Asian guys who come over and, and finance her. Many of them live in L.A., and they start writing up her play in these surveillance newsletters. They say, hey, you know, watch out for this Asian team. They're doing this turning play. You know, they kind of try to get the word out among casino surveillance and say, hey, hey, you know, just, just so you guys know this is happening. Um, of course, a lot of Advantage players read those newsletters because they want to know what casino surveillance guys are talking about. Um, and one guy who she had actually already known, this guy named Eddie, um, she, she had already kind of been working with him. He had been teaching her a little bit of advantage play. And he actually read about this play in these newsletters, and he knew exactly who it was. He knew this had to be Ellie. And so he called her, and he said, hey, you know, I, I read about this play. You know, was that you? And she initially tries to kind of play it cool. She's like, no, no, it wasn't me. She doesn't want him to know. Um, and he's like, no, no, it's, it's you. It's got to be you. Um, and so Eddie is actually the one who introduces her to Phil. Um, and he flies her down to Australia. Um, they fly down where Phil's playing poker. And this is actually a story that didn't quite make it into the episode, but I think is, is really funny. They go down there. Eddie you know, has a rapport with Phil. He knows him. He says, hey, I've got this Bacharach play. Phil 
says yes to trying it, which I think is kind of amazing that he's willing to sort of trust this random woman who he's never met to do this play that sounds completely preposterous, but they do, they, they play it, but they're cards that Kelly has never seen before. So she doesn't know how to, she can't identify them. And so she actually loses a bunch of his money, like millions of dollars. And Phil is rightfully kind of pissed off about it. You know, he's like, what are you guys hustling me? Like, what is this? You know, he thinks that he's just been conned and they're like, no, 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 it's not, it's not that. And so she winds up, um, spending all night memorizing these cards. They go back the next day. She says, give me one more chance. She says, okay. And she wins him the money back and, and more. And so then, you know, from there, they're a team, and they sort of hit all kinds of casinos. They actually do this play in more than just sort of the New Jersey and London casino, but those are the two that have kind of taken action. Many of these places paid them out. You know, they've, they've made lots of money in this play. When we come back, and Rose, if you will, just hang out with us for one more segment, because this is too good. I want to get into <laughs> the specifics of what she did and what Phil and her both did, I should say, at Crockford's in London, and just how specific it had to be for them to pull this off, what Crockford's acquiesced to, and really just get your take on the matter, how you feel about this in the end. Is it cheating in your opinion? Is it not? I think I know how most of our listeners feel about it. <laughs> Rose Eveleth, <Yeah. laughs> producer and narrator of the 30 for 30 podcast, a queen of sorts, a delight, back in a moment. At Vison. It's a numbers game live from Las Vegas, Nevada, only on the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Now, live from the VSIN studios, it's your host, Gil Alexander. Gil Alexander, once again on a numbers game, on the phone with the producer and narrator of the latest 30 for 30 podcast entitled The Queen of Sorts, Phil Ivey, all about Phil Ivey, and really more so about, Phil Ivey's sort of the, uh, the, the tangential guy here almost, he's just a vehicle, really it's about a mysterious young lady uh, who is exacting revenge on the casinos, not only in uh, Nevada, but worldwide, as it turns out. Uh, Chung Yin Sun, she is known as Kelly. I am not spoiling anything, by the way. Folks listening are like, oh, you're giving away the whole podcast. No, trust me. Listen to the podcast. It is done so well. Uh, Kelly herself is in that as well. Uh, Chad Millman, and done so eloquently and beautifully by Rose Eveleth. Rose, let's pick it up then. So she hooks up, Kelly does, with Phil Ivey. This is the whale of all whales. So it was one thing to have whales. Now you're talking about someone who can take this to a whole nother level. And the two of them, after that initial snafu, uh, at their, for their first experience doing that, she proves to Phil that she can get this done at mini Baccarat. Tell us what happens at Crockford's. Yeah, so we fill wires a million dollars or a million pounds, I suppose, and uh, that helps, right? <laughs> Initially, they're on the very, very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, they walk in and you know they start to make requests. So this play hinges on a series of requests, and if any of them go wrong, the entire play sort of crumbles beneath them. What they want is they want to play mini baccarat, so they want a game where they don't touch the cards. Um, they want a shuffle machine because they want to make sure that there's no turn in the shuffle. Um, they want a set, specific set of cards, you know, they don't, and they do this all very subtly, you know, they don't walk in and say like, all right, here's what I need. You know, I need these cards that I can read. I need this, 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 they sort of play up this whole shtick, right? They pretend to be super superstitious. You know, they're referring to lucky hats and lucky cards and lucky dealers, you know, at one point, um, Phil Ivey, if you watch the surveillance footage, um, pretends like he doesn't know where to put the chips on the table, which is 
I mean, to me, kind of hilarious because still, Ivy definitely knows where yeah, to put the chips. Rose, on the I table. guess not, not to interrupt you, but I guess that's it's one thing. And there's there's they asked for a Mandarin or a Cantonese, I believe, speaking dealer as well. Right. It's Phil Ivy. How is it? Crockford's has to know who Phil Ivy is. Yeah. How is it that they acquiesce to every single one of these demands? <laughs> I mean, that's the really wild thing, right? You know, it is one of those things where once you list everything to somebody like we're doing, it's sort of so obvious. But this is, A, over the course of hours. Um, it's also, you know, they're losing. It takes a lot of time and money to set this play up. So as they're doing it, they're not winning money, you know? So they must think, like, okay, well, this must be fine. And also, it's really hard to say no to Phil Ivey. Um, I think that that's, like, a huge element of this, you know? And, yes, he's the bankroll, but he's also kind of the the sort of powerful guy in the room that if if you're a dealer and you tell Phil Ivey, no, he can't have what he wants, and he says, all right, I'm leaving, you're going to get in trouble for that. You know, that's like somebody is going to ask you, hey, wait a minute, you know, what happened to this millionaire high roller that we just had in this room? And, and you have to say, well, I wouldn't let him have the thing he wanted, so he left. You know, no one wants to be that dealer. Um, and so there's there's that element too, you know, and there's also an element of of Phil has, I think, in a, in a very genius way, cultivated this reputation um, as someone who will lose money at craps at baccarat. He sort of cultivated this image that if he's not playing poker, he's just playing for fun. He's just losing money. I don't think that that's what's going on, um, and I think the casinos are foolish to think that that's what's that, going on. That is but interesting. But they do think that when he walks in and he's not playing poker, he's just there to have a good time. They don't. They wouldn't ever think that. Oh, maybe he's doing. You know, maybe he's got to play. Um, and, and Phil has done a really, really spectacular job of cultivating that image of, of coming in and making it seem like he'll just drop, you know, half a million dollars or a million dollars on something like that. Um, you know, there's lots of thing, other things going on there. But, you know, when you read through the transcripts from court cases at Crockford's, the London casino, it's very clear that the casino really thought they were just there for a casual game. They were just there to kind of have fun. So when you take all of those things together, you wind up in a situation where not only is it difficult to say no, but there doesn't seem to be a, an obvious reason. You know, they, they meter these requests out over hours. They're losing money. You know, why would there be anything suspicious? It's only suspicious after they start to win a ridiculous amount of money. And then they start to think, oh, wait a minute, what just happened? Uh, it, it's it's incredible. Uh, you know, and even one of the demands from the podcast that was that was so unbelievable is they took a break finally. They won $2 million over a long, long-ish period of time based on the total amount of time they were. And they said, we're going to take a break, but we want the same deck of cards, same dealer, everything when we come back. And that's when they went to town over the next three hours when they returned. But that's that's the most amazing. Like, oh, yeah, still, yeah, you can have all of this. That's great. I know it's Phil Ivey. But it is interesting what you said there, Rose, because that human element, it's Phil Ivey. And the, even though there's these casino, you know, a, a casino ought to know better, there's this thing where you just don't want to upset a guy like Phil Ivey. And it is true, you know, I think Phil Ivey, a lot of poker players are known as poor sports bettors, for instance. And so the fact that he's cultivated that image, what a scheme, you know? It's amazing to think about that. So, so finally... Crockford's, you know, they do change the cards. That's when Phil and Kelly walk out. Phil thinks, and Kelly does, that they're going to get the money, only to find out later. Crockford's looks at surveillance footage. One of the guys discovers the grandfather trick that you were talking about before. Oh, they must, why would they want the cards dealt in that certain way? And Crockford says they're not giving Phil Ivey the money. Uh, Borgata in Atlantic City was the other casino where they did this over four different occasions. Borgata did pay them, and now they want their money back, right? 
Yes, which to me is like an extra layer of absurdity here, where it's <laughs> so like, it's bad. one thing to say, so you know, bad. we're not going to cash you out. It's another thing to say, actually, you came here four times, did this play four times. We didn't even realize it until Crockford figured it out, and now we want you to pay us back. It's amazing. So now, the one thing that didn't come through in the podcast, and I know that you probably didn't want to inject yourself into this, but how do you feel <laughs> about this? How do you feel? Cheating to you? Or, hey, look, casinos, you have the advantage play all the time. This is just making the advantage, by the way, to the tune of a 6% advantage uh, in favor yeah. of the card player when they do this. How do you feel about it? It's funny, you know, I went into the I went into reporting this and I tried to keep a really open mind. I was like, you know, I have my bias going in and I just want to see what people say, who can convince me. And in reporting, I kind of oscillated a little bit back and forth, but I eventually come down on the side of, of not cheating. You know, they never touched the cards. The casino could have said no at any point. If they had said no to any of the seven or eight requests that they made, the whole thing would have ended. Um, I think that there is an element, you know, and I, I this is a terrible analogy, but um, if you go into a store and something's marked the wrong price, but and you know it's kind of supposed to be more expensive, you're not going to be like, oh, excuse me, I think this is the wrong price. You know, you're going <laughs> right. to you're going to take the price that it is. I mean, it's a little different. It's more like conning the checkout guy to like ring you up at the wrong price. But even that, you know, if someone gives you a deal at the checkout for whatever reason, I mean, is that stealing? You know, like I, I feel like to me, you know, there is a hard line between a casino said yes to everything. You know, it's not like they did something that the casino didn't know they were doing. You know, it's not like they marked the cards. It's not like they used information the casino didn't have. The casino could have done a ton of different things to stop this. They could have said no, or they could have used cards that weren't cut improperly, or they could have introduced a turn in the shuffle. I mean, there are so many ways the casino could have prevented this that to me, you know, I think you get hit, you, you take it and you say, okay, you know what, you got us and you fix your game. And I think that's just sort of how it should be because if you if you say this is cheating then that's also a can of worms right you yeah. end up in these conversations about yeah. is card counting cheating is if a dealer is drunk and showing you the whole card is that now cheating you know how do you how do you deal with that it's it's uh you know i think everybody in this room and everybody listening agrees with you cuz we are of that ilk <laughs> that we don't believe it to be cheating um vinny maliulo by the way uh, a gentleman sitting alongside who is the uh, gone gaming odds maker in house here at at uh, at the South Point Hotel Casino, he his head is ready to explode <laughs> because he can't believe the casino <laughs> let them I, do this sequentially. I, I have to be honest, um, and Rose hit on a key point. They asked, and the casino agreed. And not only that, they okay. don't, in mini Baccarat, they don't and even touch the car. They don't touch. So at the end of the day, here's what happens. You, sharp is sharp. Phil Ivey is sharp. Yeah. He's sharp. He's calculating in everything he does. The first, that's the first thing. The second thing is if there are certain requests, they have to be known ahead of time. And you have that conversation in advance, well, not as you go. Not at Crockford's, Vinny. Well. Uh, we're talking to Rose Eveleth, the producer <laughs> of A Queen of Sorts. Uh, Rose, the, I guess letting you go with this. The other really key cog to all this, and maybe we sort of buried the headline, is this is less about Phil than it is about Kelly. And there is a healthy dash of racism and sexism in this, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, right. And that's, you know, we can ask, how do they get away with this? How do they get away with this? That's the big question, right? You know, whether or not you think it's cheating is almost the secondary question. The first question is, how did they get away with this? Yeah. And the answer in a lot of ways is, you know, we talked about Phil being hard to say no to, but it's also that he's with this woman who no one knows who she is. And casinos and, and all the casino executives I talked to and all the surveillance guys I talked to agreed, said, 
you know, when an Asian woman walks into their casino, they just think, oh, don't worry about it. You know, they would never have thought that she Amazing. was going to be dangerous. They think that women aren't really sharp gamblers. They think particularly that Asians are really superstitious and that they're sort of suckers. And Kelly knows that, and she plays that up to her advantage. And that sort of, when we talk about how did they get the dealer to say yes to this, that's a huge element, too, because they look at her and they think, I'm sure she's just kind of an idiot. You know, they don't think that she's, you know, in her words, they don't have any idea that she could bankrupt their casino. You know, they don't think that she's dangerous. And, you know, she's still out there. She still plays because casinos still haven't quite caught on. They all think that Phil is the mastermind and Phil is the guy they have to watch out for. And, you know, when I went to visit Kelly a couple times in Vegas, she was just coming back from trips or she was still out there. She's still gambling. She's still running these plays. Kelly could be in this casino right now, Rose, for all I, for all I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> amazing. Rose Eveleth, the producer and the narrator of the latest 30 for 30 podcast. It's called The Queen of Sorts about this young lady, Kelly, and Phil Ivey doing their thing. And Phil Ivey and Kelly appealing. Uh, London court ruled in favor of Crockford's. Phil Ivey appealing that ruling, trying to get their money uh, from that particular uh, escapade. Rose, really appreciate it. All the success. All congratulations to you. A queen of sorts. Everybody should check it out. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Rose Eveleth from ESPN's 30 for 30. You got to listen to this, Vinny. You will die. I've been following the story. I've not heard the podcast yet, but it's, uh, uh, it's very, uh, very interesting, very intriguing. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.